ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to episode 55 of the Chris and Andre Show. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. <laughs> it's like his lounge voice. <laughs> it's like... What is that joint lizard lick Larry or some crap or yeah the, yeah there's there was I know what you're talking about uh, I don't the know I've never I like I I you know I'm a fan of the crooners the old crooners don't give me none of this Michael Bublé yeah. I'm not saying the guy's talented but he's just not it's just not the same you know you're not saying he's talented no I'm not saying he's not talented oh okay you forgot the not did I. <laughs> He said, I'm not saying he's talented. He is. He's a talented guy. I mean, like, he sings some good Christmas tunes and stuff, you know? Like, but I don't know. Like, give me a Tony Bennett or a Frank Sinatra any day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, a little Robert I like, Goulet. I like uh, Harry Connick Jr. Um, as more of a contemporary uh, crooner slash jazz slash. So you'd really take him over a buble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's actually because he's legit. I you know, he just kinda he's from New Orleans. I mean, he lived. Are you life. implying that Michael Buble is somehow not legit? Isn't he Canadian? Does that make him not legit? Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. <laughs> is he not legit? Uh, I always remember he's Canadian for some reason. There's some like <laughs> there are there are certain people that you're just always for whatever reason you're like no he's from Canada he's Canadian yeah they, I, I, they, I just like I I think Ryan Reynolds and I always think Canada Mike <laughs> Myers know. also Canadian yeah Canadian Seth yeah. Rogen Canadian Canadian yeah uh, and it's nothing it's nothing against them it's just that. It just always comes to mind. No, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, like I can kind of understand that. I guess. I like Canada. Like I really like Montreal. That's my. Um, just because would, of their steak seasoning or. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really because I, I, I think there are certain elements of Europe that the U.S. doesn't have in whole, basically. Um, whether that's in the metros, whether that's outside of the metros, like suburbs are always going to be suburbs, but I just think there's certain parts of the European culture that are just better than the States. If I'm being honest, in Montreal, um, I remember as a kid waking up on Saturday morning, uh, we'd walk to downtown Oslo and, and, uh, basically we could get a cafe so we can get fresh bread we'd you know take a train back to our house and like even though we lived in the city it still felt like um you weren't in the city, you know it was kind of like i, I don't know it's just a, a different unique feel you know it could be the cobblestone streets it could be there's a lot of things where it's you kind of live through the history in real time uh which i i think is kind of dope and montreal has a lot of those characteristics yeah i i mean i 
you're not wrong. It is one of the things that I think you notice a lot more when you travel abroad is the the amount of just like old buildings, you know, right. that are hundreds of years old. And I'm not talking like 200 years old, but like five, six, 700 yeah. years old, um, you know, and the history that is just kind of around you and that people are living in that is not present here in this, not present here in the States because wait, it just hasn't been around that long. Well, um, there, I mean, there's, like there's characteristics of certain boroughs in New York and certain neighborhoods in Chicago I've been to where it's like, Oh, I can see the, uh, the history of this part of town. Right. But if you look just, I mean, where we live, you know, aside from the fact I'm not really interested in slave culture, (laughs) it's kind of like, that's surprising. (laughs) It's not the same, you know, and I don't like, I just don't see that in the States. There's not like a, a community feel in places you go to it doesn't have to be like old and historic it just needs to have like a, a sense of community when you go to places um just you know like even our farmers markets are kind of lame so they don't i have mean what wide... i'm what i'm hearing is andre powell hates america <laughs> i didn't say that <laughs> capital communism <laughs> aka andre powell wipes his butt with the American flag while saluting Montreal. (laughs) You hippie (laughs) commie bastard. Get out of here with your anti-America rhetoric. You know what? Like it... If you love wow. Canada so much, why don't you marry it? No, I'm sorry. Obviously, I'm... yeah, I totally walked into that. Um, <laughs> well, actually, no, I didn't. I I didn't know where. Like, you must have been like in your head spinning this whole. Like th- that's pretty impressive. I that think. I will be honest. That just kind of came on the fly. That was not <laughs> pretty impressive. And here I am, speechless. Um, yeah, so aside from me being a communist now, um It's time for politics. I want to talk about uh Rafael Cruz. Well, I think if you're a communist, you should want to talk about what the people want you to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the people want me to talk about Raphael Cruz. Well, that I, you know, fortunately for you, you're absolutely right. Um, I. Well, let me stop first. If you're listening to let us you in stop Texas, first. okay. Well, let me stop you first for a second. Let me get this out. If you're listening to us in Texas, put on an um, extra blanket. Yeah, my nie- one of my nieces lives in Texas, and you know we've been checking on her. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a foul situation and i hope you know people stay safe um yeah i'm not i'm not going to do the obligatory we're sending blessings i think that's stupid because i don't think people mean it but i hope you stay safe i hope there are resources made available to keep people safe and alive so um that is a terrible a terrible spot to be in now that i got that out of the way go ahead Raphael. yeah uh i mean Look, the guy's been getting a lot of grief for supposedly 
getting on an airplane and flying to Mexico. What some would call fleeing the country. <laughs> Absconding to Cancun, you know, the political hotspot that it is. Um, in the midst of a catastrophic winter storm. Crisis. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 crisis is, is the correct word. Uh, that Texas is facing, and the best excuse that he can come up with was that he was chaperoning them on the air. Like any American parent would do, he's going to buy four airplane tickets or two round-trip tickets to Mexico so that in addition to the round trips for his daughters does just for himself two round trips to mexico he will brave the coronavirus in the air or on land or in mexico just not in the cold (laughs) i tell you what man it just speaks to the the disconnect between what the republican part or the gop party says they believe in and what they actually do like their voters, their, you know, my constituents, I'm doing this for the people that sent me here to Washington, all this nonsense. And we are fighting. And I, I don't, so let me say this, the stimulus package, make it a clean bill. Yes, you can target blah, blah, blah. You move beyond those sticking points. It should be an argument. Like for me, it's just like, I'm done with that because the world that these guys live in is one where they can escape from whatever situation they're in by going to Cancun is the average American able to say, you know, or he said his daughter's school get canceled for a week. Yeah. And they begged him for a vacation. How could I say no to my pretty little girls who literally can't stand me? How can I how just any time that his can, daughters are brought up, I think of that yeah, video. That video, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> that's all I can. can that's all I can. Think about the single mother. How can she like fill in the blank? Or the single parent doesn't always have to be a single mother. Think about the single parent. How can they, as a parent, justify blah? You know, it's just like, come on, dude. Like your your out is how can I, as a parent not Send, you know, take my daughter to Cancun. How can the single parent or the family that's struggling right now not feed their family? You'll, you'll tell and do whatever you can to take your daughter to Cancun if that's true, but you don't give a flip about the people that are literally, you know, hand to mouth right now. I mean, okay. I, I, people have been pointing out that Beto O'Rourke, who, you know, lost to Ted Cruz uh, in 2018 is out here doing Ted Cruz's job while Ted Cruz is off in Mexico, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) and it's just kind of like that should tell you everything you need to know about what's wrong with politics. You know, it's like the, the, the guy who, despite whatever, you know, disagreements you might have with them politically, obviously understands that people in crisis need help and is looking for the opportunities to do that. Meanwhile, Ted Cruz is like, you know, the only help I can give is to ask the federal government for help, Mr. Small Government. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, congratulate or, you know, thank a local business owner who happened to have mattresses because it's like a bed store and <laughs> offers people to come get warm and stay there if they have no other option. And I mean, look, I get the fact that this is not normal in terms of winter, right? Have you seen the picture where it's the state line and Texarkana? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Arkansas is- side versus the Texas <laughs> side. And I think that really just kind of sums up. I mean, you think about the amount of money that comes out of the ground in Texas. Literally. It is just sitting there waiting for them to pump it out. Yep. And they can't take care of their people, you know? And it it tells you a lot about, like, um, how Arkansas really sees that, or those two neighboring towns see their relationship, you know? Um, Well, that too. Yeah. That's a pretty big F you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, remember that time? (laughs) Now, granted, I mean, I mean it's like Michigan that. and Wisconsin and even Michigan and Ohio, right? Like you'd see the right. same thing on towns that bordered those states in a lot of cases. But uh, Ohio, I can kind of see that. Um, Michigan and Wisconsin. Maybe a little less. Yeah. But Texas and Arkansas, they're probably like, nah, remember that time? Yeah. I mean, like the only thing worse is probably Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, it's it's it is what it is. Um, it's just it's very telling, and I don't, I I still don't believe the GOP is going to make it out of this in one piece. They're not. It's just. I mean, I think there already, right? There was the group of what a hundred or so former somewhat high profile Republican, you know, strategists or whatever, you know, people who met via some zoom call to discuss, should we, is it time to form our own political party? Um, You know, I mean, I think you've seen the efforts of groups like the Lincoln project and others to kind of, I guess lobby for a more fact or truth based conservative party in some I cases. Think, um, that's not gonna I don't think it's gonna work because the only separation they have is with Trump, right? And Liz Cheney was I saw something she said on Twitter a few weeks ago about dangerous quote unquote democratic policies. So I don't think they're necessarily trying to in my opinion, I don't think they're trying to salvage whatever policy ideology they have. I think they just want to kind of jettison Trump and continue or rebuild after that. But I get like, so I what think- is the, the GOP's policy? You know, I mean, like we talked about like, what did, what, what legislation did they put through over the last, like meaningful legislation over the last four years right when they had all of the cards it's it's a uh it's i don't know man i i just think i do believe with historians and political scientists that you need two parties right yeah i i don't think we need like the 
the 10 plus that you see in like Europe, European countries and other parliamentary type of countries. Uh, I, I think that what I'm, what I'm most confused about is that Republicans don't have an end game. Like they're in game. And actually Scott Jennings said it multiple times over multiple interviews. And I've heard the same term from multiple like Republicans, even Mitch McConnell. Their objective is to win elections. Right. That means they have no policy platform. Right. The only policy they have is win elections, which which basically means gerrymandering and yep. voter suppression. Yep. That That's their policies, right? And then make it seem like we're in favor of small government and fiscal conservatism, even though we're more than willing to throw money at the problem if it's, say, the defense of this country. Or deregulation. <laughs> or, so. or deregulation or tax cuts for big businesses. Right. But we wouldn't we won't lift a finger to help the average person because that person ought to be able to lift themselves up by their bootstraps. And and my point, yeah, and those are the things where it's like fundamentally uh, uh, and, and Trump probably was the, the tipping point for me. I did registrations. Uh, and I, again, I've never voted straight ticket, I don't think, um, or I don't remember. I don't, no, I, I typically don't because when it gets to like uh, judges, that's where the rubber meets the road for me. Yeah. Um, so, and it's not, it's not what people may think. I typically vote for Democratic judges because they're, especially in appellate courts, because they're more lenient to give people uh, a fair shake in, in the justice system. Uh, fun fact is, as I talk about that, when my sister was voting this year, uh, I told her that, you know, we're talking about who should she vote for? And I'm like, well, you just do your homework. And she started researching judges. I'm like, that's what we should be doing. You know, we should make these, we should make it more Except like the information more accessible than what it is. A couple yeah. of judges, there was actually some uh, uh, school board uh, candidates that their information wasn't readily available. I've got a plan for that. We'll talk about that more later this year. But it's just it's just one of those things where you just don't get caught up in the rhetoric anymore. And I think that's part of the problem: the noise, the rhetoric, and people have a short memory. I I think it's irony, and I think it's like biblical justice that texas is going through what it's going through yeah and i'm not trying to get all theological on this but i'm i i find the the rhetoric that has come out of the staunch i'm going to say gop as the people i don't like not republicans these staunch gop supporters is coming back to bite them tenfold like texas think about it it's freaking texas I saw a news story today that it's it's snowing in Saudi Arabia, right? These are like the people that today believe in God. Like, I'm going to say this, and, and you take it for what it's worth. When people often say that, they often think that everything has got to be um, like with bright flashing lights to show a sign of God. Sometimes it's very subtle, like nudges, reminders, or or, or or situations where you're like, yo, that's good, that's bad, or I should change this. And I think that what's happening in Texas and to con or to go in parallel, Saudi Arabia tells you there's a climate problem 
right? It tells you that this whole let's like let's run the rails on a, a like energy that's not sustainable is a problem. What well, I mean, and what does Texas do but double down on that problem, right? They yeah. they come out in the midst of all this and instead of owning the fact that you know it's their coal and natural gas plants that ultimately failed they're like no we have three frozen wind turbines that's why the power is out <laughs> oh and never mind the fact that you know ours is the only state in the entire country that has a yeah. deregulated privatized power that is completely cut off from the rest of the country so even if we wanted to we couldn't borrow the power from neighboring states they are going solo for themselves and the story of noah right you can you can pick it apart if you like to but there are simple lessons and principles that are writ that are like littered throughout the whole thing think about this the amount of time that it took noah to actually build the ark and from the time the first raindrop like hit the ground, that's a lot of time to change your perspective before everything goes to crap. I personally believe, like you know, we get to experience that often in this country. You can take the same principle and apply it to criminal justice. You can apply it to immigration. You can apply it to. Uh, uh, financial insecurity for a lot of families and the shrinking middle class and the growing uh, working like poor class in this, in this country. Uh, you can now look at the environment and say the same thing. It, it's just like from the time, that's the principle that I'd like people to focus on. Think about it. You can say that's impossible all you want, but I'm just going to make it simple. From the time he picked up the first, let's say, hammer until the time the first raindrop hit the ground, and it took time for those raindrops to accumulate to flood the whole world, there was time for people to change their behavior. Lesson learned. And that's all I'm saying. Like, I don't want to go super theological with it, but it's kind of, it's, it's the common sense approach to my faith. It's like, yeah. you can... Tell me whatever you want to tell me, but you know, people had a long time to change their mind. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I mean, even if you, you know, uh, I think if you wanted to look at it minus the theological, you know, like underpinnings, right? Like if it's just the earth in a way, kind of saying like, Hey, dumbasses, like this stuff's getting worse. Right. You know, I mean, it's think about it. It's like your car, right? right? It's not like you're right. driving down the road. When you see those guys, the people who are pulled over and their car's on fire, that's not something that just magically happened. Right? Right. Like, it's neglect. It's, yeah. There's yeah. a reason that your car caught fire. And it was probably <laughs> telling you for a long time, like, hey, I'm about to catch fire. And if you'd done anything about it a long time ago, you would have been fine. But you waited and right. waited and waited until it was literally too late. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, why did my car catch fire? <laughs> hey, there's principles. Like, yeah. the one of the things I'm super fascinated by is, um, like, nature. Not in an extreme way. But there are principles that you can see 
that translate from the world of nature to our everyday life. Uh, one of my favorites is persistence and in, in learning the, in understanding the value of, of endurance. And I often think of trees. Now this is, this sounds kind of like hippy dippy, but it is a thing in my life. I love to watch the leaves turn colors, but I just don't watch them turn colors and go through, you know, fall and, and spring. I always think about that started out as a little tiny seed and through just like, you know, from the time the first sprout broke through the ground and it just kept growing and, and it's just amazing. It, it always amazes me. And if you look at just simple things in life, like the, the challenges that we have, like it's, we're no different. You know, if a tree could be like, nah, I quit, you know, <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't have any trees, but trees are like, I got this. I got this. Uh, and I look at life like that a lot. Like, no, I got this. It's it's going to be okay. It's just about, an, it's perseverance. It's endurance. And nature teaches us a lot of simple lessons that if we just slow down long enough just to observe it, we'd probably be better off. You know, uh, I, I love about trees, the fact that when the wind blows, they never break. Because their roots are so like the, the roots are so intertwined with their foundation. I think that's beautiful. It's like one of the coolest things that blows my mind every day. I'm like, that's just amazing. This <laughs> is like one of the coolest things ever. The other night I was listening to the rain and you know what I was thinking about? The damn trees. I'm like, yeah, those trees are doing it right now. They're just like, yeah, we got this. If I do it, we got this dance outside. And I think that that simplicity, we can translate that to a lot of things in life. We don't have to make it so complicated. Um, and I think the environment's one of those things, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, that plan you had to deregulate your, your, your energy source to pull yourself off the grid. You didn't think that all the way through, yeah. you know? Um, I don't know what, the, I, I know they're in game in Texas and Oklahoma. It's oil. Yeah. Right. Cool. See how that works out for you. I mean, yeah, the whole thing is that how 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 does it make any sense to sit here and listen to a state that is completely dependent on oil for its you know, money. You, don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it comes to whether or not we should be using oil as much as we are, right? Like yeah. it's the fact that Texas has any wind turbines for power and solar whatsoever should prove the fact that it's worthwhile investing in those. I mean, it only makes up like eight to 10% of their total power grid from what I understand, but it's, still. That fact is debatable. Some people say it's a fifth. Some people say, so 20%, right? Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, yeah, sure. But that means you have way too many categories <laughs> Like at the end of the day, you know? Um, I do know this, my next house, I'm getting so solar panels and backup batteries. So that is a plan. Yeah. That'd be nice. Collaboration. Synergy. Thinking outside the box. Raising the bar. Breaking down silos. Shifting the paradigm. Disrupting the market. Business. Business.
Are you yeah. now as a person who is not a big fan of Elon Musk, are you gonna get the Tesla house batteries? All right. I don't know how many times I don't like what is it about him? I, I don't I think I've said it before. Yeah, we talked about it before, but I, that's yeah. why I'm just saying, like, what it does it impact your desire to purchase anything from the company that he owns? Um especially since I would, they're now making stuff in Texas. <laughs> why has nobody yeah. blamed him yet? <laughs> that's what I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I'm definitely like I don't think that'll be a consideration. Why doesn't um, he just it, have his rockets hover close over people's houses so that they can <laughs> he can warm them up? I I don't. Yeah, man. Sorry. I don't have like I don't have a like a, a vindictive stiffy for the guy. Yeah. I just wish he would just respect. It's the just a regular that. stiffy. I get it. Well, it's like. <laughs> It's like a stop being a dick just to be a dick, you know? Yes. Like, no, I know. And I mean, the whole GameStop thing where he, you know, uh, yeah. It's, yeah I, I'm with you in that, you know, I get that you, I get like this is, we talked about it last week, I think, or maybe it was the week before, but like this level of cockiness, right? The being, you know, where that, you is something is a very common co- characteristic among people that are ultimately find success in our society. And so on one hand, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. You've literally built your own version of NASA. Like no one's ever done that before, except for you basically on a private scale. And right. okay, that's cool. Do you have to be such a dick about it? No, but on <laughs> at the same time, Who's going to question it, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, it's because uh, I'm with I, you. I like, it, there is something about the guy that I just don't really like, you know, yeah. and I think it is like, I mean, but there's something about Patrick Mahomes that I just don't really like all that much. Like, and it's that and same I res- thing. Like, and I respect that. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to like buy a t shirt. It's like Zuckerberg. So you won't buy a t-shirt, but will you buy a battery? That's the ultimate question here. If it's the best battery out there, (laughs) right? Then yes. Um, Okay. That makes sense. And that's a perfectly fine answer. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you look up. Is it, is Tesla the best battery out there? It's probably one of the best, but yeah. But are you thinking about if you get solar panels, you're not so dependent on the battery. So sure. it doesn't really matter. Well, you just right? said the backup battery. So that's why yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if I have solar panels, it's like that's not the battery is kind of like now knowing me, that may become a, a point of consideration. I will say this, like I've been really thinking about my, you know, my next house. I'm probably going to if I get batteries in a battery system for my house, I'm getting electric cars. Right. So unless the field opens up, I'm driving a Tesla. We're talking cars. You like that's that's what it boils down to. You wouldn't buy one of those new Mustangs. Well, I would. So unless the field wide widens out, like. Okay. So if the that Mustang thing looks gets so ugly. I don't like the wagon. I'm sorry. I know, like, I'll probably change my tune on this by the time they actually come out. But, 
like I love the current versions of the Mustang, like the regular. I mean, the GTs are nice, right. you know, like there's just something very sexy about them. But I saw the pictures of that wagon and I was just like, why did you have to make it a wagon? Like, why didn't well, you just leave it as a freaking sports car? And I'm because sure because sports cars are dying. Like, sure. I, I hate to say it. Like, I, I love sports cars. Yeah. Um, I love the Raptor. Like, I'm in love with the Raptor. I know. I know. We all know. We all heard you at the end of the last episode. I love the Raptor. <laughs> I was, I was talking but, to my dad about that yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was what like, Andre and I were talking about the Raptors, and uh, he sent me a thing, a picture of the used ones, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, 63,000 miles, and they want $63,000 for it. <laughs> He's like, yep. <laughs> Dude, I told you, right? Like, that would be, oh, they're, they're so beautiful. They are. I the mean, problem the problem is it's like you know daily driver uh, you know uh do right. i ever go off ready uh, never yeah <laughs> that's not my thing right i mean that's that's what it really you're absolutely right it's like what i really need is something to haul three people and two dogs around in you know yeah. like and it's not my toyota tacoma but it's probably an F-150, you know, super crew. Right. That are still 50K starting to get the one that you kind of like. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, it's 45. I, I looked. I See, that's what I'm saying, right? So it's... The one that... Yeah, uh, but I mean, again, like there, I could probably find a used one with 30,000 miles on it for, you know, 25K. You cannot. Yeah, I I'll, can. I'll, I'll tell you why. Why? You'll find it in like white or that um, stock ugly silver. I'll, I'll drive either of those. I would not drive a white F-150, first of all. Um, and the stock and ugly silver. I wouldn't because I just wouldn't. It's, it's, it's no. <laughs> it's like, no. Like, if you spend more... Th- Here's my theory. See, if but you, you forget that I've got, like, super car dad. guy Bob Smith, where I'm yeah, like, I, don't- I want this car and this mileage with this color. And he's like, yeah, there's one in California. I can have it here next week. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have a Bob. You so do. Like, you do now, though. Yeah, okay, I'm going to tap in. <laughs> <laughs> he would love nothing more than to help you find the car of your dreams, Andre. I was... Looking at the F one fifties and everyone I saw was like literally that's how I know how much a, a Raptor was because I'm like I was obsessed. I yeah. was obsessed for like two months. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm gonna buy a used truck for 60k. All right. Now we were arguing, not really arguing, but de- debating on this when we were discussing the Raptor. The engine that it comes with, the new ones have just the EcoBoost, but it's the twin turbo EcoBoost, right? It's the the V six. Yes, okay. EcoBoost is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to like talk down about the EcoBoost because it is a fantastic engine, and they tune the crap out of it. And I know it's got like all of the upgraded components, um, but he was like, "Well, you can't get that engine." 
you know, and I was, if you didn't get the Raptor. And I was right. like, but I thought it was just the EcoBoost. Like, I can get the EcoBoost. Well, I can't get it that version of it outside of the Raptor, but... Well, I saw a Celine, uh, which is kind of crazy. I saw a Celine F-150 mm -hmm. a couple days ago, and I saw a Roush uh, F-150 about a couple months ago. Yeah. Oh. Celine oh. used to do an Explorer back in the day, like the old, like, late 90s, early 2000s Explorer. It was very nice. I we we had talked about doing an upgrade kit for my I had a, a 99 uh XLS explorer but I never actually got around to doing it. Well, I I think that the um I I think that when it comes down to it, like a sports car now is more of the I drive it probably five, six times a month and it sits in the garage, but you have to have a decent daily driver. Uh, would I spend $60,000 for a daily driver? Yes, I would. Would I spend $60,000 for a used daily driver? This guy say no. Yeah. I mean like that's, I'm with you on that. Like I, 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 yeah, I, there's no way. I mean, I, I just can't, can't bring myself not i mean yeah not for that not for you know <laughs> if it was a used ferrari for sixty thousand dollars that i was gonna yeah. use as a daily driver maybe <laughs> um but yeah i mean i'm i agree i agree ultimately it'd be great to to have one but it's not anything that i'm like ultimately sitting here going well i have no choice but to figure out how <laughs> i get myself a ford raptor like i'd i'd seriously rather spend the money and time getting a nice mustang like yeah i'd, I'd drive that probably yeah, for, i'd enjoy that more than i would the raptor yeah for 60k it, a brand new car and now of course as your salary increases your what you consider yeah is reasonable increases but 60k for a used like like truck yeah I, i'm just not signing on to that like yeah. I, I just can't you can't convince me enough i mean the um, bank would look at it and go <laughs> 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 oh no seriously get out <laughs> <laughs> yeah then you're just buying a mercedes or a bmw right, right. At, that, at that point yeah right? so it's i mean and I'd, i there there again i'd whew, put me in a bmw all day long uh yeah, I like BMW more than Mercedes, but I like Audi more than more BMW. than both of them. Interesting. Yeah, which is kind of stupid because it is kind of stupid. But I I think Audi's uh like well actually let me clarify. I like the in class anything BMW because it's just super sweet. Yeah. Right. And you know, dollar for performance, it's probably the best value. But if I had to choose between a brand new car and a used fill in the blank, I'd rather have an Audi. Uh, I think their performance to like price is probably the best, if that makes sense. I think it, I mean, yeah, it depends on what you're buying. Um, yeah. I think they've gotten a lot. A sedan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, that's a yeah. I mean, if you're let's say we're comparing like what the A6, yeah, you know, with a, an M5 and whatever. I don't even know what that. I mean, I guess a is it a C class an S class? Yeah, it would actually be an E class. E class, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, like at that point, I okay. Me personally. I have this weird affinity for BMWs. Like, I Me mean, too. and especially an M5. Like, I mean, that just, that's, that is kind of like, not like the best car I would ever own, but like, that is the car that I'm like, all right, one of these days I would like to own a BMW M5. Like, I have a, a 1976 BMW 2002. I would sell it in a heartbeat if I could buy an M5. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, so one of my sons has a, a M M series uh, BMW, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's free. It's a fun car to drive. It's great. I have another son's got an A seven. Mm-hmm. I haven't driven it yet, but it's a beautiful car, right? Um, and I'm sure, like performance wise, like when you like. If you're talking like a quarter mile, the the M is going to beat the the, the Audi like any day of the week. Um, but, but again, if you're talking I mean, like, like the M series is the racing performance version of you know it's not like we're talking about a standard five series versus you know an uh, uh, A six or something like that you know or like a seven series versus an A seven. That's fair. That's fair. I think they're. I think Germans they understand performance. Yeah. If I'm being honest. And they I, build think, solid cars. I mean, that's the other yeah. piece in general is like they, the cars last pretty well. At least that has been, you know, kind of the, the historical piece on it. But, but I, I'll tell you the, the only import like performance car I would buy is infinity. Of course I own an infinity, but that's because like, um, or the Japanese made um, luxury car would be infinity. Because of performance wise, I I will say that an Infinity will go toe to toe with a BMW, Mercedes, Audi any day of the week. And you are just so completely historically unbiased in that. I mean, there is nothing in your past employment history that would potentially influence <laughs> that in any way, shape, or form. So to be fair. <laughs> 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 so we're gonna keep it one like keep it super hunted like i was still i even when i worked for an, an infinity dealership i was not i did not believe it yeah. until i started driving them um, and before, you are absolutely right and infinity makes a very fine vehicle i'm not yeah i'm not trying to be an i mean i'm trying to be an <laughs> asshole but i'm not trying to be a total <laughs> asshole but I will be the first one to tell you, like, I did not believe in the product when I worked there I was, until I started driving them. Like, yeah, yeah this is kind of dope. Like, I mean, yeah, like, I think it's one of those things, right? Like, I, what is it? The big, like, the Infinity Q, the giant QX80? SUV. Oh. Yeah. The QX80? Oh. I mean, the amount of money you're spending on that thing is so ridiculous. But 70K. But you better. I will tell you this personally. I've taken one of those things on a uh, nice twisty road and drove like a sports car. Yeah. Like there was no stutter. There was no stutter. 
like a, in a suburban or um, expedition. Um, it's got the acceleration of a pretty hefty, uh, pretty hefty sedan. And it handles like a dream. It's a great vehicle. Um, this now, portion are... of the Chris and Andre show brought to you by your local infinity dealership. <laughs> there are problems. I will say the biggest kick I, I will give to Infin- infinity is their tech packages are like probably two years behind everybody else. Uh, when I was looking for cars a few months back, the I don't the cockpit and beamers and Mercedes are lacking, um, but their tech is good. The cockpit in a in an Infinity, which I'm kind of used to, it's it's centered around the driver, which I enjoy. It kind of reminds me of Porsche, right? Mm-hmm. It's like. The driver's important. Everybody else, you're in the car. Shut up. Um, but the tech in the Infinity is kind of lacking. That's 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 my biggest criticism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I I do like to go to zero to sixty as fast as I can. I'm not gonna lie. No, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, I mean, that's even in my Toyota Tacoma. Like it's. It's nice to, well, I should say, it would be nice to have <laughs> the acceleration when you need it and want it. Um, right. I mean, my biggest complaint about that car, it's really one of my only complaints, uh, I say car, that vehicle, is that the electronic-controlled transmission oh. just isn't responsive enough. You know, like you step on it and it's like... <gasps> Please wait for the computer to respond. Computer says go. <laughs> and you're just kind of like, you're watching the car behind you creep up in your mirror as you've made the decision incorrectly to pull out in front right. of them. And you're like, and I'm sitting there going, if this was my 99 Explorer with 250,000 miles on it, I'd be moving faster than this right now. Like, what is the deal? And then it catches up and it's like, okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, we, we approve we approve <laughs> and it's you know what's frustrating is they tell you like well you know it it, <clears throat> it senses how you drive and then it adjusts itself based on that for fuel economy and everything and i'm like okay i can't drive like a freaking maniac 24 7 to get this thing to do that right. what am i supposed to do here hope and pray to god i guess but I'll, I'll tell you mine well i i don't have the same issue i press the gas and the car says oh um all right so i don't know if you're having problems with uh the bandwidth yeah, this just, evening but I, I just got the here connection is, is unstable oh so it's uh, not okay good. my bed is your fault <laughs> oh no now you're see your connection's like bright red oh no it's yellow okay getting better hopefully all right pop culture Uh, last week we were supposed to talk about streaming services since we're, that's what, since we're yeah, on the bandwidth you. issue anyways, that's, um, probably as good a segue as any, but, 
Um, I asked you. I asked you before you started complaining about my connection. Do you have uh, Disney Plus? I do. Yes. Uh, so what I ended up with was uh, we had done the the full the first year of Disney Plus through Verizon. Uh, Christy had gotten it, and then we canceled because it was like, eh, as great as it is, it was just kind of you know on the chopping block when it came time to cut some services out and then disney who also owns hulu wisely said (laughs) you know you want us (laughs) we'll give you this and this and this and i was like i mean it's basically yeah 11.99 uh yeah so (laughs) Funny thing, I did that package forgetting that I had the no ads Hulu. Yeah. And so, like, as soon as it switched over, all of a sudden I'm trying to watch Bob's Burgers and I get, I'm getting ads and I'm like, what the actual F? I pay good money to not have to watch advertisements. And then I go on and realize I had selected the wrong package. And so I fixed that right away. Um, but, yeah, so I got the Hulu, Disney+, Plus, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, subscription, which is pretty good. I mean, I've, I haven't used too much of the ESPN Plus stuff yet, um, but it is nice that, like, on my TV down here where I have my Xbox, um, you know, like, I can stream whatever I want right. from there, essentially, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I like Disney Plus. Um, so what, what do I have? I have um, Sling for live TV, so cable channels, um, Hulu premium without the ads uh through verizon i think i still have disney plus for like 6.99 a month nice which isn't too bad because i, I was going to do the same thing you did but i was like yeah but if i change my package it's going to cost me two dollars more for some reason yeah well that makes no sense so i was like well i'll, I'll just do that and um, i mean i guess you get the espn plus with it but if you don't use although they got a lot I, of soccer on there yeah well i get espn through sling oh okay so then you don't have to worry about that yeah so i'm, I'm good there yep. and um what else do i have? i think and i'm i'm still paying for netflix because yep. i have to the whole world is yeah i got uh, netflix and i've got amazon prime HBO Max. I get that through my internet service provider. I is- piggyback off of my parents' cable subscription since they still have cable because I'm like, I'm not paying for that. I But I honestly, I never even use it anymore. Um, oh, it's great though. I, I mean, there were a couple of times where there were things I wanted to watch that were on there. And I know now they're releasing movies and stuff through there. Although I have this really great friend um, who has like this really awesome Plex server set up. And he <laughs> will like if I message him, if I text him, I'm like, hey, I got these five movies I want you to add to the Plex server. He's just like, OK, asshole, I'll do it. <laughs> He's all grumpy about it. And I'm like, <laughs> Does he sound like that though? He does when I talk to him all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So so in your head, that's what I sound like. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) asshole. (laughs) Yeah, the hard one, the hard movies to find are the really old ones. But yeah, yeah. So I think I I think that um, let's see. All right. So if I look at my, I have this in order. I have Netflix, I pay for Hulu, I pay for Sling, 
I pay for Disney Plus. I guess I pay for it. HBO Max. I really don't pay for it. And Prime Video is uh, included. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that's something you can get separately. Well, you can, but it's like fifteen bucks a month. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that yeah. Makes no sense Sign at all. me up. <laughs> So, all right. So here's my Roku screen. So in my Roku, I have like the the channels I watch the most: Netflix, Hulu, or not in particular order, but the ones that I probably access the most: Netflix, Hulu, Sling, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Prime Video, Plex, YouTube, and recently I started paying for Pandora Premium. So those are the those take the top blocks of my roku what about spotify actually spot actually i don't pay for spotify i don't i don't really like spotify because uh, no i'm just kidding the thing about spotify i don't like is you have to actually curate the music right and i think this is a generational thing to be honest with you okay Uh, i don't want want the dj to do the work for you yes like i don't want to think about that stuff that's too much work for me no you're right that is that is i mean like give me control there and there are times where i mean yeah i'll be honest there are times when i log on to spotify and i'm like i don't really know what i want to listen to because there isn't like a new bomani jones podcast there isn't something else you know podcast wise that i want to listen to the chris and andre show hasn't edited an episode in weeks and published anything (laughs) and so i'm just like god what are those guys gonna get around to doing new um But I guess, like, at the same time, if I took the time to flip back through some of my old playlists, I'd probably be okay. And and ultimately, what I usually end up doing is just putting on one of their radio stations, which is essentially, right. you know... Pandora. But yeah, <laughs> I, um, I don't know. I guess the other thing is that we have, like, the Spotify family account, you know, and so it's like Helena has her own. We have a, a whole, like, family shared one that's logged in on our Google home so that it's not piggybacking off of anybody else's when they're using it. So right from that perspective, I really like it. Um, but yeah. And that's fine. It's like, I get the, they were, we were getting to actually, I bought uh, the women in my life. I bought them both Apple watches. And one of the big selling points for my wife was that uh, she goes for a walk during work, you know, during her break at work mm-hmm. and she didn't want to take her phone with her. Yeah. And the Apple Watch, you can actually, you know, download the songs so right. or a playlist. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So, and um, it works well with Pandora. So, the only way you can do it was to have a paid subscription. I'm like, all right, well, bam. Um, I think that's fine. And I always say, as long as I'm not paying $200 a month, I really don't care. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm not tethered to any of these services, but I do think Netflix is great. Um, their library is there is not as I don't know if it's competition, but I'm not going to cancel Netflix. It's just, they're just kind of they're going to be a bill. What do you think about Netflix right now? Yeah, like I go back and forth on Netflix. You know, yeah. there's I feel like at this point I'm ready for Netflix to develop a new user interface because I'm just not really. I don't find what they are presenting me with to be useful content. Like the way that it's broken up 
whatever it is, like I just maybe the best thing that they offer right now is the top 10, you know, or like the the trending stuff. But even then those two sections are almost always the same. And sometimes I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. That's number one on your, you know, or yes, of course, nine of the top 10 items on the top 10 are all Netflix originals. Like, Ooh, big surprise there. Netflix, you know? Um, yeah, and I think for me, I, I, I kind of, um, I agree, but I, I'm also savvy enough to know that you have to train the algorithm. Yeah, that's, and I think, you know, part of it is that, um, I've tried their shuffle feature that they added a couple of times. I don't think maybe once of the dozen or so times that I've tried it, have I actually wanted, decided that like what they selected was like okay yeah i'll watch this um but that's also hard because sometimes i'm like it's late at night and i can't pick what i want to watch but it isn't something new because i'm not trying to stay up all night you know it's right, like right. where's my randomly pick an episode of a tv show <laughs> i've watched 15 dozen times you know <laughs> option netflix you're the one that created this problem solve it <laughs> <laughs> yeah they get you sucked into binge watching and shit. So. They do, yeah. I mean, and like I, I like the, that about Netflix, and like I feel like the documentaries on there are usually, um, you know, really interesting, or like they right. have a lot more to choose from. There's a lot of really good stand up on Netflix. Um, although, like Amazon Prime has really been stepping up their game with the stand up stuff. Uh, and ter- I mean, they're trying. I don't know. They're like yeah. not not Amazon Prime originals, but in terms of having. More comedy. More comedy stuff. But there's another thing where it's like, okay, side note. Maybe we talked about this before, but the number of times that I'm flipping through Netflix and I I get to the category of strong black lead and (laughs) it's nothing but stand-up comedy specials. No, we have not talked about this. But have you ever noticed that? Have you ever gotten to that section? No. I do, no, I actually so my Netflix <laughs> usage is pretty legit. This is how it works. I've got my watch list and every now and then 90% of the time they they suggest something I should watch. Yeah. I'll watch the trailer and if it's a good trailer, I'll yeah. add it to my watch list. Yeah. And that's how my, my watch list grows and shrinks. And I go straight to comedy. Like I, I literally just go straight to comedy. I swear (laughs) so many times there's like two or three other movies, but everything else is just stand up comedy specials. And I'm like, Netflix, like check yourself before you publish this stuff. Like what are you you doing? What they do do, which is probably similar (laughs) is they'll suggest a movie. (laughs) You're such a child. <laughs> what they do also is um, suggest a movie after it's done. They'll suggest a movie and they'll they'll take a they'll make the poster of that movie a black character from the movie. It has ah. nothing to do with it. So that I've experienced way too many times. But are so, are do you think that they are specifically pandering to individual yeah. customers in that case? If, like if you look at the, if you look at their profile, you can kind of sketch out their algorithm, right? But I'm saying, do you think Netflix can look at your profile and say, here, yeah, he's here, black. 
hear me out. <laughs> Once you complete the profile, they've already got all this data. Yeah. They know what movies I've rented. Mm-hmm. They know what mo- I actually engage with the app and say I liked it or I disliked it. There is a 95% chance they know that I'm a black male. Why do you think they added profiles? No, I mean, it's, yes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, there's a 95% chance they know I'm a black male. Yeah. Even the suggestion, they know I watch sci-fi, they know I watch documentaries, they know I, I love stand-up comedy. They're pretty spot on, but it's kind of like, yeah, but I don't want to watch that right now. So my Netflix usage is typically on a day where I'm the only one at home and like it's a slow day around four o'clock. I watch a movie before everybody gets home. I don't watch movies like I, I used to, right? Like I typically watch a movie with my family. Uh, so, but I think on a scale of one through five, Netflix is still a four. What about you? It's probably closer to a three for me. But that's keepable. Yeah, keepable. it is. I mean, it, look, it's not, it, it hasn't gotten cut yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think all told, and it's hard because I'm, because I, because Amazon Prime is just, Prime Video is rolled into Amazon Prime, it's hard for me to calculate the value of Prime Video separate from. Right. The rest of it. So I'm not counting that in this, but I probably pay like 60 bucks a month right now, roughly, you know, in subscription services, including Xbox Live right. and Spotify, you know. So there's Netflix and Hulu and with Disney Plus and everything included in that. Um, okay. But that's pretty, I mean, it's like Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Prime Video and plex are the five streaming services that i use regularly and then youtube you know like and youtube i'm not paying for youtube i'm just on there you know like oh okay i like youtube so like so netflix is definitely a four hulu hulu is kind of it's not on the chopping block but it could be See, Hulu for uh, me, like, I watch Hulu more than I watch, but it's all, again, now it's coming down to who has what, right? Yeah, that's why Hulu's now a three for me. Right. That's why Hulu's, like, at a five for me, because it's right. got, <laughs> they've got um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is one of my favorite shows. They've got so much of the Adult Swim uh, adult animation stuff. So, like, Venture Brothers, King of the Hill, I know it's Fox, but Fox stuff's a Bob's Burgers. Right. Um, it's yeah, it, uh, I don't know. Do you? So n- it sounds like neither of us have Peacock. No, not going to get it. Uh, yeah, I am not in or CBS All Access. No. Okay, not going to get it. Paramount. I know we talked briefly about this. They had the commercial in the Super Bowl. Commercials are great. Not going to get it. Yeah, I mean, like I just I. I don't know. I think I they're trying. I think they're trying to push out their libraries, right? And and I think the problem that they're they're going to run into is original content and like new stuff, right? So, for example, on um, Netflix, they have. I watched. I've seen most of the adult animation on on uh, Comedy Central and Adult Swim. Yeah, I don't like most of it, or I've just seen it once. I'm like, oh, that was cool. Like I try to get into Bob's Burgers, but yeah, that's I, like I mean, that's that, not. Yeah, that's not. You're not the target audience in this particular yeah, case. I, I'm like, that's something I'm going to watch like 20 episodes straight and do nothing all day. Um, 
Netflix has got some pretty cool ones like F is for family that are kind of like, I can work and listen to it at the same time. And I'm not super distracted. Yeah. Um, it's still the same. Like I'm part of that audience, but I'm just kind of, I, I'm a different type of user. The other ones are, they're going to struggle with trying to get original content. Like who's paying for this service and what are they trying to watch? Yeah. Cause I think ultimately what, what it boils down to is they're looking at, you know, I'm sure what Paramount is sitting there doing is they're going, you know, these are the number of plays that our movies are getting on Hulu and Netflix and whatever other streaming services we have them on. And if, you know, we'll get those if people, no, 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 no. The only reason people are watching half of those movies is because it happens to be on there. They're yeah. not willing to pay a separate fee just right. to watch that one movie. Like, that's where yeah. I think they're grossly overestimating. I mean, Paramount might be one of the better ones just because they do have a lot of nostalgic content in terms of that's, movies. That's but... the problem. That's the problem. See, the re this is where Disney's going to do a great job, hopefully, right? In HBO Max. I think they're going to win out because the superhero genre, that demo has got money. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so yeah, that's the other thing with Disney Plus, obviously, is they have Marvel built into it, which I think is a big boost for them. Yeah, because I don't watch anything else on Disney Plus but the Marvel stuff. Speaking of I which, I have not watched any. Have you watched WandaVision? Yes, painstakingly I've watched it. So you do not seem like you are giving it I'm not, I'm not. I'm not excited about it. Okay. Um, it hasn't thrilled you so far. No, gotcha. Uh, That's fine. I mean, I'm still uh, going to tune in at some point, but no, it's it's a good show. But here's my problem with like phases one through three of Marvel, right? They picked the Avengers, and I know it's because of uh, uh, licensing rights, mm -hmm. but or because of rights in general, the Avengers are like net. They were never one of my favorite comics to read because they were boring, except for the ones with like that were heavy with the Iron Man story. Like the West Coast Avengers didn't care so much. Just, it is a B league superhero team, in my opinion. Um, WandaVision, it's, it's written very well. They're trying, I, I want to say, and I don't know what Kevin Feige's like, uh, what is what his intent is but i do believe he's trying to open up the universe which i respect and that's that's one of the it's like i like wandavision a hundred times more than i like the mandalorian because i give two two shakes about star wars did you watch the most than, recent season of the mandalorian yes okay because everybody care. was like flipping out about it i didn't watch any of it yeah, i didn't even finish, finish the first season okay um yeah I just think I think Disney and uh, HBO Max are going to win because they have the right properties, and Disney's a, a, Disney slash Marvel are, are like twenty yards ahead of like HBO Max. Like Titans, a brilliant show. I watched every episode. Not like I love Batman, so of course I'll stick around for Robin and like the Teen Titans. Mm -hmm. So. Um, but I think that they're on the right path to like make an edgier, more realistic type of show. And that's going to keep people hooked in. Cause I was literally paying for DC universe until they, they actually like HBO max absorbed them and they changed DC universe to just their comics. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
so am I going to miss Titans? So I, I subscribed because they canceled my account. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to miss Titans. So I subscribed again. And then, then they told me like, no, this is what's going to happen. I'm like, okay, so I can cancel that one. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great show. Like I didn't care spending eight bucks a month yeah. for watching that. Um, I mean, yeah, there's certain, there's some content that, you know, you, that's worth it, right? Like yeah. eight bucks a month is not a big, you know, drop in the bucket i mean and then and that's where i think for most of this stuff like even netflix at this point right 14 bucks a month right uh for 4k streaming which i don't even do that much of right, right. there's not that much con- but it's like uh occasionally yeah it's kind of nice to watch you know like a planet earth episode in 4k or whatever um you know paying 18 bucks a month for the whole hulu disney plus espn it's worth package it. it's not yeah like at the end of the day, those aren't the things that I'm like, okay, I'm going to get gonna rid of me. these. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, you know, and Spotify is up there for me too, because that's just how, I guess, I don't know. I, I got onto the Spotify train back at E area um, and I had a free account and then I was doing just like the, the $5 a month one that they had for a little while where it was, I don't know, it was, it was only no ads on your desktop. Right. It was you had ads on mobile and then I eventually sprung for the no ads on mobile. And, right. You know, and then when they did the family, I was like, well, this makes way more sense to do this. But you have dope playlists, though. So I'm not this gonna... is true. I do. My playlists are second to none. I mean, yeah, you have no salsa, but, you know. Yeah, you know, like I, I need some help in that area for sure. Um, maybe I'll reach out to some folks on Twitter and see. Speaking of which, um, I have, I have been having a lot of fun picking fights with people on Twitter lately. I don't know, I like I, I've been upsetting people with my gif replies apparently and why is that so offensive to people i don't know i guess because it's so spot on and it's such a savage burn because they wish that i mean i was really proud of myself and i i'm sure you saw the the thread in particular but um i got to use the same gif to reply to two different people (laughs) In one thread. You know what I didn't like, though? The guy that called you a moron or an idiot. I was like, dude, like you're taking this way too personal. Well, yeah. Okay. So I had one person on a separate thread who took took issue with my use of the hashtag uh, cancel culture club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't and like he's that. like, it's, uh, or yeah, it was an anti-cancel culture club. And he was like, it's the cancel, cancel culture, you, you genius. And I'm like, okay. Then there was the other guy who called me a mother, not nice word. Um, see, I'm saving myself some work here. And <laughs> then decided to do it again when I sarcastically replied i'm sorry if you were offended by anything in my yeah. post mainly because there was literally nothing to be offended by in my post and my point was there's absolutely no need for that kind of name calling <laughs> in this situation friend um and then he yeah decided to reply back and be like you blah 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 mother and i'm like okay have a nice day like 
what am I going to do? Like, there are some people that aren't going to like you and they're going to get upset. And there are some people who are going to be jealous of your ability to find the perfect gift to reply to <laughs> their ridiculous comment with. They'll try and try to. But it's know, so. I can't believe you took my first post seriously, even though there was literally nothing about it that could have possibly construed that it was being sarcastic. And I'm just now saying that because I look like an idiot. There, there, there's a guy that responds. This is like a month ago. He was like, uh, "Oh, lefty, blah blah blah." Your response is a is a <laughs> gift. I'm like, first of all, not a lefty. Second of all, I told you a while ago. I have, I have work to do. Like, I don't, I don't have all day to play with you. I don't see the insult or the lack of intelligence by using a gift. In my opinion, no, like that's that. where I'm. Like, I'm with you. In fact, I think it takes. And more creativity yes actually construct and pick and choose and say this is my response and you get a visual right you're hiding it's somewhere my hiding. fault that when i read your stupid comment this is the first <laughs> thing that pops into my head or that i have this comeback and i go you know what somebody else can say this better than i can and i type my comeback into the gift search and i go oh that one uh, but think about it. A picture is really worth a thousand words. It is. And a picture with words in it, that's worth like a thousand and four <laughs> words, man. Yeah, but here's my thing. I, I don't think that getting at people um, just because you can is the right. Well, actually, I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence. It's like I ignore some people because I just don't have the – I don't care. I'm not, I'm, I'm not emotionally – considerate enough to or do i have the capacity to care that much about it i think ultimately like, look at the end of the day nobody owes you anything on the internet right like right. nobody yeah. is obliged to reply or respond to whatever you say you know like i posted something this morning saying i'm in the mood to pick a fight with somebody on twitter bring it literally nobody replied that's fine like Mostly because I have all of 74 Twitter followers. Like, yeah, I recognize that. Um, but at the same time, I'm just like, you know, if I if I go into somebody's, if I see something, right, because I happen to be flipping through the trending or whatever, and I post something because I think it's funny, and somebody replies, like, I'd probably take the time to say something. But if I don't, well, it doesn't, A, yeah. it doesn't mean that what you said was necessarily right <laughs> or validated <laughs> i i just i just don't really um i don't know so my my feeling on that is i i kind of troll people sometimes or there's something where it's kind of like yeah i would say this i could stand by this statement in real life like i would say this to somebody to their face yeah and you know let the chips fall where they may but the people that try to get at you, I'm like, dude, come on, bro. Like, that's that's not a thing. I mean, that, that one guy that replied twice with MF, I was just kind of like, all right. Like, there's there's literally whatever I say is obviously just going to be met with the same reply. So you've really kind of. Just, <laughs> that's where you go. That's how you got to play away. That's, that's it. That's, yeah. But it's like, <laughs> did I block him? No. Did I go back and delete my original tweet? No. Like, I, and that's just it. Like, I'm not, I'm never of the mindset that I'm going to, you know, I'm never on Twitter and I'm like, oh, I got this, like, 
you know, rant, you know, profanity filled rant that I'm going to post online right. and then like be like, oh man, I didn't mean that. Delete, you know, or have like 50 people reply. And like, I'm never going to get to that point where I'm posting that kind of stuff on social media. I'm not a, yeah, like that's where I think, like, again, right? Critical thinking. Um, I was cracking up. My dad was asking me the other day, he's like, are you friends with so and so or so and so on social media? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. And he's like, well, what about on Instagram? And I was like, no. And I looked and I was like, nope. And he was like, okay, probably best not to be. And I was like, yeah, like, no offense, dad, I love you. Cause I'm, you'll probably <laughs> listen, but like, I feel like I'm a pretty good judge when it comes to understanding, like, these are the people you let into your social media life. And these are, you know, it's like, yeah friends that you invite over to your house versus friends that you have or you know uh acquaintances that you have at work right there's yeah. a difference not everybody that you work with is somebody you feel comfortable inviting over to your house not everybody's your friend like real talk right like yeah. i i really just i kind of like my frustration with that and i think it's a uh just an observation again this is solely my opinion people confuse social media with real life the two things are so could not be so far apart. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's not real, you know, as much as I want to like rail on, on Ted Cruz, it's not real. It's not going to affect him going to sleep and waking up with his eyes open right. at the end of the day. He's not going to think about anything I say because he doesn't care. Right. Um, and if he does, that's cool. Well, also um, because Ted Cruz doesn't have a soul. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It is what it is, right? So it's it's so different than people were now and this is not to be disrespectful. So Rush Limbaugh like died. Yeah. Like I didn't have a lot to say about that. You know, there's somebody that that said uh like Frank, uh my dude, my Puerto Rican from New York, big fan, uh great actor. He said something about a comment that was accredited to him, but it's not been, you know, verified, like about uh you know, there were some good things from slavery and somebody was like, Oh, I can't believe you said that. And I, I basically said, okay, even if you can't verify that it's not, it's like the least of the crazy, like shit the guy said. Yeah. Right. He so said let's a lot just, worse. yeah, that's, so let's just be, you know, keep it clear. Um, and that's where it's like, I would say that in public, if somebody said that and that was a rebuttal to somebody else, I'd be like, well, that's Okay. You can't verify he said that, but he said other crazy batshit things that you should kind of check. Yeah. Uh, but I would never, I would, I don't wish ill will towards people, nor would I be disrespectful to, you know, the guy's got a wife. Yeah. I am not, I would, I'm with you. Like, I am not in the business of celebrating people's deaths, right? Like, right. whatever issues and, you know, differences of opinions i may have had with rush limbaugh i <laughs> i always think back there was this time when i was very young my dad and my mom used to listen to rush limbaugh all the time in the car back before he kind of i mean we lived in california i think he was broadcasting from california at that point right, right? and um I made some comment about dad, you're funny. You're like, you're a comedian like Rush Limbaugh. And my parents thought that was like the funniest thing ever that I thought Rush Limbaugh was a comedian, but <laughs> it was, 
Like that's how I viewed things. And, and, and to a certain extent, it was like that level of entertainment. Right. And I think, uh, at, on another hand for conservative America at that time, like he was very much, uh, like a very strong voice. Right. And I think a lot of people have kind of pointed out the fact that it's a, it can kind of be looked at as an example of, look, you have a, a platform, right? Or when you have a platform, you have choices that you make in terms of what you do with that platform. And ultimately those choices have consequences or have, you know, the potential to have lasting impact on a lot of other people. And, you know, I, I am with you in that I don't, I'm not celebrating the fact that he is gone. Um, but I think there is, there is a lot to kind of look at in terms of, or maybe a lot of questions just to ask in terms of the decisions that he made and some of the things that he promoted given, you know, the platform that he had. And, and in a lot of ways, is it fair to kind of say that it helped to push us to the point that we're, we find ourselves in or have found ourselves in most recently? Um, here's, here's my answer to that. Cause I, I did spend some time thinking about that. I, I think platform is the wrong word. I think it's, you have an audience and sure. like, and super, even more simply, uh, you have an audience at home, right? As your audience starts to grow from your personal circle to people that you don't really engage with every day, um, like, what are you telling them? What are you showing them? And that could be for good or bad. Um, and I believe that, and I'll be honest, like back in the day, I used to listen to, like, as I got older, I listened to more talk radio, uh, Never listened to Rush Limbaugh. Didn't really like him. Uh, just thought it was, some of the things he said were disgusting. You give him five minutes into a show, yeah, he would say something completely disgusting. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Jay Sekulow, gr- brilliant attorney, but a despicable person. Uh, we talked about this a few months ago. I stopped listening to uh, certain uh, like Christian pastors' podcasts because of their like not their well, their views and their actions, mm-hmm. because I just, I just don't think they align to what I believe are like real genuine, like beliefs, in my opinion, I think they're, you know, there's a lot of hypocrisy in that. So the, the thing about Rush Limbaugh for me was like, not that he basically catered to the a feeling that people had. Mm-hmm. But you think about his uh, uh, McNabb comments. You think about his comments about Michael J. Fox. Those are feelings that people actually have. And it goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. If you don't spend the time to listen to understand what the differences are, don't be surprised at the outcome. Like you just can't be. Like you can't be surprised that if it's, if it's true that uh, a good amount of white America feels like they're no longer in power, and we don't understand why they feel that way. Don't be surprised that when January 6 happens. Don't be surprised when a, a person like our former president gets elected. And that's the that's the reality of you know accepting evil and embracing evil. Is that and I know that's a strong word to identify with those two people, but it's a reality. Like if people that say they're conservative 
based on their faith. I'm I'm trying to stop using the word Christian as an adjective yeah. because I think I think it's kind of silly. Um, and actually, my pastor actually mentioned that Christian, you know, being a Christian shouldn't be an adjective. I'm like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, but if your faith is a, a driving force in your life, but your actions are the complete opposite, uh, then there's something wrong with that. You should call it out. If there's, when you embrace evil, but you try to mask it in, in good, that only turns out one way 100% of the time. <laughs> so it just, it's, he's an example. Rush Limbaugh, the former president, they are examples of how, in my in my humble belief, we embrace evil. The average American, there are more. I still believe because it's factual. There are still always be more reasonable people than there are extremes on either side of the argument, and that's something that we often lose sight of for what for a myriad of reasons. I I don't know the answer to, to why, but. Well, I think because at the same time that there are more reasonable people, while there are more reasonable people than there are unreasonable, the way that the government is set up confuses a lot of people because they feel like, well, if there's 60% of us that feel one way and 40% that feel the other, then the 60% should always Wins. win, right? Right. And that's not exactly how the founding fathers kind of looked at things and this is just one of those things that has been driving me absolutely insane i have seen it from multiple seemingly intelligent you know like news journalist people like political commentary people complaining that you know the vote on impeachment in the senate that the 50 you know seven senators that voted represent 61 percent or 61 million more, you know, Americans than the 43 that vote that you know or something along those lines basically that that that's a w- overwhelming majority. And I'm like, okay, first off, you still didn't get to 67%, which is what's required for impeachment. <laughs> and second, that's not what like the Senate is not about equal representation based on population. That's what the House is for. The Senate is about equal representation for each of the states. That's why each state gets two senators. Oh, my gosh. How hard is that? Like, I am not a political analyst. I don't get paid to do this. (laughs) Like, I went through public education. And I know that that's what that's how this I mean, look at the makeup. Of the part of the two chambers, and you understand, oh wow, one's based on population and the other's just a sub. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, I just, you know, but and it's like there's this we need to change that. The Senate needs to be representative of the number of people in each state, and it's like, no, no, that's we, are, we not, already have that. You have that in the House, so why, would, why wouldn't you just have two houses then? There's a reason, <laughs> like. And and look, I understand that people get frustrated because, yeah, it sucks that Mitch McConnell and some other members of the GOP have decided that obstructionism is the same as governance. You know, that that preventing that that by stopping things from happening, that's the same as actually doing something. So you're you're not wrong and you're pretty smart because you understand how our democracy works and you understand math. 
which is great. Um, <laughs> here's here's like the reality of it. I, I think the last thing I read about this, it, and I could be wrong, it's 22 states, right? 22 states that are, it might be a little bit less because I think my number may include swing states, but there are 22 states that have the least amount of population, but the most pull consistently in the Senate. Mm -hmm. As that continues to dwindle, like Georgia being one of those, like, you know, now historically and, and factually a swing state, yeah. that, that dynamic changes. The problem is, and it's a prevented, it's a, you can prevent this problem is that you're not going to swing too far to the left. Right. It's just not going to happen. The system uh, is not designed, is designed to prevent that from happening. Right. Like, that it's not because we aren't a a strict democracy right like right. that's that's a democratic republic because we have elements of both but right. ultimately things are decided by elected officials in two separate houses as well as an executive branch whose real job is just there to make sure things get done properly that like the laws right. that get passed are enforced the way that they're supposed to be now it's turned into this, it's the leader of everything, and it's, you know, like the most important. And I get, you know, I get why we ended up there, but it. I just wish I mean, that... I don't get why we ended up there. Well, I so mean, I, I understand why... why <laughs> I understand how things evolve that people believe that that is the case, right? Right. It, it, I guess, is more... Like I, I can look back and see how things occurred to get us to this point. Right. And say, okay, yeah, that was dumb. Somebody should have been paying attention, but I, I think the, the, the common denominator is going to be the demographic shifts in our country. And yeah. as that, and I'm just, I'm just going to say 22 because it's a number I remember as that number starts to dwindle and Kentucky's no longer part of the conversation. Once it gets down to like, 15 like 12 to 15 states where they're predominantly going to be republican senators then the question is what happens to the uh the the moderates and the centrist right because that's where like it'll be the true stress test of our democracy and i think we're we're probably for at least the next three national uh elections that's going to include senate and the presidency we're going to see less and less GOP candidates winning those elections and they can't help themselves, but screw themselves. No, I mean, they, they are taking every opportunity to shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly um, right. just about every step of the way. And I, I don't see it changing anytime soon. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, um, this is what happens when you have people like Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz and those types of folks that are you know either in charge or as close to in charge as they were right. and uh those guys ultimately didn't have anybody's best interests at heart except for their own and i mean mcconnell's on his way out he doesn't give a what happens from here on other than trying to maintain his legacy as a you know senator a strong leader yeah right? and like so as if he can if he can managed to flip the script now and look like and make it historically look like you know he 
took a firm stance against Trump then you know and was the the first to really rebuke the Trump movement after he was out of office then that's exactly what he's going to do and it'll be the, interesting the, to see how it all plays out in the long run that's for sure I, yeah so my my call is this this is what i'm calling and we now can have a historical record i think it's we're going to be hard pressed at a minimum of two presidential elections to have a Republican or GOP like president, probably not going to happen because people, there have been events in history now that are going to be longstanding and that's going to prevent the GOP from winning the presidency. We're going to continue to see the dwindling of those, uh, those stronghold states and the, those Senate is going to slowly but surely go away from Republican control for a long term. Mm -hmm. And then I'm for the presidency, I see Kamala Harris running in 2024, winning. That's the key. Yeah. And, and then, and then Pete re-election Buttig in 2028. Yep. And then Pete Buttigieg. Uh, I, I don't know if you watch uh, the president's town hall, but he's really starting to grow on me. And it's... <laughs> He actually made a statement that we talked about on this podcast where uh, he said, he goes, well, I might get in trouble for this, but I, he never would have thought that he would see one out of every five commercials with an interracial couple or, and I was just like, we've said that, like, yeah, you can get a pulse on where we're going by the thing, how we respond to societal like changes. Yeah. And my, my theory is this, society will always predicate legislation. Like that is a, a norm that's not been changed in our history. And if you look throughout other countries, the same thing there. Um, and I, I believe since we have more reasonable people than unreasonable people in this country, that I, I have a pretty good chance of being right. The challenge is going to be for the Democrats, because he also said, he agreed with us, canceling $50,000 worth of student loan debt is stupid. Yeah. The key word, the operative word is debt, period. You can't fix that because yeah. that, that cascades into a lot of problems. And I don't, that's my opinion. That's my stance. I'm not saying every situation is the same. Right. But I do believe that a the Democrats' biggest problem is going to be how do they manage the relationship with the extremely progressive, we need action now group. Yeah. And I don't know what the answer is to that. I'm not saying they're wrong, but I think on some things they need to like, kind of like, for example, the $15 an hour minimum wage. Yeah. Five years from now is, uh, is unacceptable. Three years from yeah. now is unacceptable. Tomorrow is too late. We need to retroactively... Yeah update the minimum wage and repay all employees for the last 15 years. And that makes sense because it doesn't, you know, but that's what, that's what would be fair. That's the eye for an eye that some people have come to expect. And I think it's short sighted <laughs> pun intended <laughs> um, to think that that type of, you know, I mean, it's the same thing people are, are screaming about, you know, Schumer and the whole deal with the house managers deciding not to call witnesses. And it's like, did you really think that calling witnesses was going to change any of those 43 senators votes? There was literally nothing 
that was going to change. I mean, maybe one, but you weren't getting 10 more. There's no way. And so ultimately what the choices were, drag this out and have this be. And yeah, like I get the political theater of it. Blah, 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 blah. Hold them accountable. Blah. That's not what you're doing. What you're doing right. is eating up all of the time and effort and money that should be spent focusing on other problems. They said their piece. They got the vote. And what that ultimately leads to is hopefully a bunch of Americans going, we don't like traitors sitting in our Senate seats in 2022 and replacing them with people who didn't support you know, an insurrection against our government. If we can get the states down to like consistently GOP down to like 12 or 13 or 12 to 15, it's a much different country. Right. And then you get, you get actually arrive at balance because the 12 to 15, in my opinion, cancels out gerrymandering. Um, yeah. And I think that's it's probably a, a, a much closer representation of what it actually is right now. Right. I so, mean, look, I get, I do understand that, you know, I mean, senators, right, are not elected based on districts, right? And so, right. I mean, we have two Republican senators here in the state of North Carolina, one of which surprisingly voted for impeachment, although he's not re- running for re-election. So is it really don't, that surprising? No. Don't care. Dude got to sleep at night, man. Yep. I mean, no, I, I get that. I I get that he he ultimately decided... I'm voting with my conscience on this and I want to be, I don't want people to look back and say, you know, Senator Burr voted for, uh, in favor of letting Donald Trump off the hook. I, I totally understand that. Um, but there is, I mean, something to be said for those who made that decision while still wanting to continue to pursue political office as well. Right. Like I, there are different levels of sacrifice in a sense, right. Or of, Kind of, I mean, look, ultimately, yes, he stood his he made his decision and I'm glad he made the decision that he did. I'm certainly not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Look him in the yeah, butt. <laughs> I, I yeah, I. Um, I'm hopeful because I, you know. I'm, I'm hopeful that in the future, not probably a time that we see that things will start to balance out. Yeah. Uh, and I think it'll be a better representation of the country. It's just, how do you get there? You know, um, I wish I could speak to the president because I would tell him two things. Number one, stop listening uh, to the Chris and Andre show and using it as talking points <laughs> for your town hall meetings. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would be point number three. But I would say, I, I think he's got, he understands leadership. That's one thing I can say, like, you know, without a question, I, I believe he understands leadership. Number two, he understands relationships. And I, I believe that with him understanding relationships, it helps us to get our, you know, some stable footing. And I'm not talking about a, a, a policy point here. There are going to be things that people just disagree on, but it's about, you know, level setting and making progress again. We spent the last four, five years going backwards and, which is not a bad thing because there's a lot of things that now we have to address yeah. uh, racial inequality, uh, uh, justice reform, you know, police, ju- I mean, the legal system, justice reform. Uh, there's a lot of things that we have to address um, economic inequalities, immigration, and there are other things to no particular order, but having to address those things, put them on the table, which force people to hopefully change the dialogue 
to make progress in the right direction. Texas is the, you know, the second wake up call. And it's ironic that it's a heavily GOP state that are experiencing an environmental crisis. It's ironic as I don't know what. So thank you, God, for just saying, no, I'm trying to get you guys to do something different, but you keep not listening. So um, again, we, we, of course, I'll have more time to ponder over this. Um, and I don't want to, I know you're hungry. I'm hungry too, but I really do appreciate everybody listening. And this is a good time for me to, to uh, decompress. And uh, it was actually fun to talk about subs- subscription services. Yes. No, I enjoyed that uh, in our little political sandwich cookie that we had there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I this episode, these episodes always just kind of shake out as whatever it is that is on our minds. It's not, uh, you know, I mean, occasionally we'll have something like the subscription services where it's like, oh, we were going to talk about that last week. But as it turns out, we got carried away with other stuff. And so we got around to it this week. But even then, like, these are still just the things that we want, you know, to talk about because it's what's on our mind. It's like, yeah. you know, I mean, I know that, I, right, we always talk about we live in Disneyland. Things are are we're very fortunate to have things as good as we do. Um, but a lot of these conversations I think are the types of things that people are talking about just in general. Right. right? I mean, like having to decide between which subscription services you're keeping at this point, because <laughs> you, I mean, you can't have them all. You can't have every single you, one of them unless you're you could. Ryan Reynolds, but um <laughs> If you can't tell, I got a little bit of a man crush on Ryan Reynolds. It's nothing Dude, wrong. With I mean, he's a handsome guy. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Like, I, no, no hate on Ryan Reynolds. Um, America's favorite Canadian. I know. I just have to. I, I always have to remember he's Canadian. <laughs> Is he one of us? I don't know. We, we share a continent. Um, yeah. So we're glad you guys joined us, uh, Chris. Thank you for you know getting some episodes done yeah we still have the the legendary lost episodes floating out there somewhere but look my uh my therapist told me earlier today it's just like the star wars trilogy you don't have to release it in order (laughs) i don't think i like your therapist Well, we'll see if you change your tune when she becomes a fan of the podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but we're super glad everybody listens. Uh we're going to we're, we're going to literally keep doing this. Uh we're recording this on a different night, but um we try our best to you know, actually I think it's just Chris realizing that I'm I'm a stubborn old man. I'm like routines, Chris. I don't care if you cut your toe off. Um, it, we got to record, yeah. drink some uh, vodka and call it a day. Yeah. Take a um, yeah, you'll be all right. So, but we're glad you joined us. You can always catch us at, um, visit our website at chrisandandreshow.com. Shoot us an email at the chrisandandreshow at gmail.com. Listen to us on Spotify. Tune in. I, I'm saying this and you're shaking your head. No, I'm dancing. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was grooving out because you were just nailing it. And I was just like, there he goes. It's sometimes, I mean, it's just magical to watch you do your thing. Uh, Whatever. You're the one that does all the hard work. It's Uh, true. (laughs) Spotify, tune in. Uh, Pandora, Google Podcast, or Google Play, Play, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, we're always 
Yeah, we're always talking. And it's good to talk because that's how you uh, save money on therapy bills. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't worked for me so far, but it seems to be working great for Andre (laughs) in that regard. So at least one of us is benefiting. (laughs) I save it all up. I'm like, all right. We're going to talk. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, oh my God, my therapist, I have to download all this stuff Andre gave me. <laughs> but uh, we're super glad you joined us. Uh, if you ever have something you want to, you know, pass by our way, see if we can talk about, we're looking for guests. We'll probably be looking for guests in the near future. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we're I'll having fun you doing a juice this. Box and a sticker. <laughs> yeah. We're super grateful for everybody that listens to us. And uh, yeah, as always, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 